welcome to another edition of the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond. And I'm Rachel Burford. And we are mid-Six Nations, aren't we? Almost nearing that sort of middle point of the Six Nations. It has been a blast so far across the board from lots of different angles. Great to have you on, Berf. Busy old lady. How How's things? How's your Frankenstein finger? I think that's the, the main question. Yeah, apologies for not being around last week. Spent half of it in the hospital for a little pinky, if you believe it or not. Um, it's fine. It's quite um, quite an interesting one, piercing the skin with your joint. Um, not a, a normal one, a bit of a freak accident. Uh, but it's so much better now. Um, scars healing, stitches out soon. And then, yeah, I think crack back on, strap it up, get back out there. Yeah, go on then. How did you do it? Uh so I was catching a ball, but I had a ball in my hand. Basically, it was the end of training. I had a ball in my hand, and a forward kicked it. So I blame the forward, and I didn't think I was going to get to it. So I just like turned to like catch it behind my back, really like relaxed and chilled. And then it just caught, and I had another ball in my hand with the hand I was trying to catch it with. I wasn't even trying to catch it, and then it just caught the end of my little finger. And then I looked down. I was like, oh dear, I need to get to hospital. And that was it. Oh yeah, and if uh, if you're if you're faint-hearted, don't uh, don't look at her Instagram story on that one because it is uh, it's very graphic. But yeah, blaming the forward, I like that. A typical back. Yeah. That you're showing off carrying balls and catching balls behind your back is neither here nor there, I suppose. Well, what are they doing, kicking it? Well, yeah, you wouldn't say mm-hmm. it to their faces, would you? That's the bottom line here. <laughs> Who was it? Come on. I actually can't. I don't know. Can't remember. Nice. Look at that. What what a captain protecting our teammates look but we've got a brilliant show ahead and we we're going to look back at round two we're going to look ahead at a really interesting round three as well all the talking points uh, in and around those two rounds in the company are poppy cleal red roses superstar and Fionn lewis as well uh, they scored that cracking try to seal wales's victory last weekend um and she even got um, farm animals named after her now as well have you got any farm animals named after you, Beth? <laughs> no. no. I don't know if that's a good thing. Well, I can think of a few animals that uh, would suit. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Here we go. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All coming up on the Women's Rugby Pod this week. So then, Beth, let's just go through the details then. Uh, round two, France put 40 points to Ireland's five at the third owners. Vallon in Toulouse, Charles Roland, two from Saint-Sous, Flani, Jean Boulard and Higgins for Ireland. Wales beat Scotland 24-19 at the Cardiff Arms Park. Tries for Caris Phillips, Sean had Harry's, um, Hannah Jones and then that try from Fionn Lewis in the 75th minute. Try for Lana Skeldon and two for Rona Lloyd for Scotland. I didn't score to the 41st minute. England were over in Palmer and thumped Italy 74-0. 11 tries, hat-trick for Lydia Thompson, two for Sarah McKenna. Mark Davis got on the score sheet, as did Shauna Brown, Alex Matthews, Vicky Fleetwood, Sarah Byrne, Emma Singh and Dame Scarrett herself. Um, Thompson now 41 tries and 51 caps. Unbelievable strike rate. So this, round three. This is how we are lining up Saturday, 4.45, King's Home, England hosts Wales. Nearing 13,000 sold. Uh, and I wouldn't bet that 
might, might just push up a little bit as well, especially as the sunshine continues. Sunday, 1 o'clock, Scotland faces France from Scotston in Glasgow. And at 5 o'clock at Mosgrove Park, Cork in Ireland. Italy are the visitors. But we're going to look at this part, Berthing, kind of two sections. We're going to look back for this first part and then look forward in the second part with a little bit of news sandwiched in between. But let's have a, a little look back at Italy, England, and also a little brief look forward with uh, Poppy Cleal. I caught up with Poppy earlier on. It is a very, very warm good evening to Poppy Cleal. How are you, Poppy? Hello, I'm good. We just um, arrived in Gloucester this, e- uh, well, this morning and we drove in. So it's good to get here and um, prepare for a home game. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, couple on the uh, on the away bus at the uh, beginning of the Six Nations. Just got to admire the jumper, though. For, for those of you listening, we've got a, a full Highland Terrier, I believe, or a Caesar dog, as people might know. And poor Mark's up the uh, up the sleeve. I need to get one of those for Vizslers. That's my uh, that's my breed. Um, I actually purchased this in um, Edinburgh on the away trip recently. Uh, the Edinburgh Wool Mill or something like that. Is it full fine Scottish wool? No, this is just a charity shop. (laughs) (laughs) Other end of the scale. Okay. Other end of Princess Street. Understood. Um, Great stuff. How are you? How's how's camp? Um, I would have thought reasonably reasonably happy place after the the opening couple of rounds. Yeah. Obviously, we've been in camp now a long time and we've travelled, like I said before, um, the two away games, a tricky place to open up the campaign, but... Yeah, it's good um, spirit in camp and we're keeping each other going. And um, like, yeah, like I said, this home game, we're all looking forward to it so much. The way that Gloucester have um, advertised it and the RFU and the crowd's going to be insane. I think there's only not many seat, uh, standing tickets left. Um, so hoping it could m- maybe potentially become a sellout. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it opened opened up new, as we 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 sort of knocking thirteen, fourteen thousand now, which would certainly be a be a record for a Red Roses game. Are you? And I'm sort of sensing in what you're saying there, and it's a question I've asked a few guests over the last couple of weeks. From us, um, whatever adjective you want to use, uh, media types um, in front of the media types, um, very much understandable. A, a swelling of of you know. Enthusiasm towards the women's game. Are you are you guys feeling that? Because yeah, camp is you know I popped in last uh, last week then I to uh, Bishop Abbey and and you get a, you get a sense that yeah you're in touch with the public but not hugely. Do you get a sense of this? I mean it's just overwhelming at the moment the the amount of attention on this tournament. Yeah, I think um, obviously with TikTok and everyone coming on board and the fact that there's so much great content out there right now. Yeah, we can feel it growing and momentum um, getting behind the game. You know for the for this year being a World Cup year. But when you're in like the moment, not really. It's no different to any Six Nations before. You know, to me, the Six Nations is so special anyway. Um, it's what I grew up watching and it's like a, an awesome tournament to be a part of. So, you know, when you're in it, it's just like, sort of like head down, tunnel vision, um, concentrating on the games because you've got a job to do and that's not sort of in the media. You're, you're paid to play rugby and um, just get your head down and get, get on with it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, opening two victories, seventy-four-nil last week um, against Italy on the road, a place which has been a, a, a sticky place to go visit for for England teams um, over the last few years. How long was the list of things we need to do better on the whiteboard come Monday morning? 
Yeah, there's still, there's still a lot. There's always <laughs> a lot. Um, you know, mid when you reflect on it, he said that some of the stuff we did, like um, our tempo and intensity was good, but just other things, we weren't very uh, clinical in some of the areas. Um, some of the passes didn't stick and still things to work on in D. Um, you know, like you said, Italy's sometimes been a tricky place to go. I remember my, I think it was my second cap going away to Italy and they scored off the kickoff. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, you know, we're going to be in. And then I remember the game at, what was at the stoop where stoop. Uh, Katie got red carded. I got yellow carded and we went down to 13 players and that game was a very nervous time. So they've, they've you know, been tricky tricky team to play against and um, to go away there and play with the tempo and intensity we managed to do and I think it was like 70% possession and um, territory I think it's you know it's a credit to to the players out there and the the hard work um, we've done recently. If we look at the zero rather than the 74 you know what I mean it seems like you're utterly suffocating Italy. Um, didn't allow them to, to play any sort of rugby at all. And actually, you know, um, before that, you know, in France, they actually turned up and, and played played some reasonably decent stuff in, in patches. Was, was that a real focus going to that game? And, and therefore, were you taking that into to the Wales game this weekend? Yeah, we watched that um, their France game match on the bus back from Edinburgh altogether. And, you know, they put some decent stuff together and had a good crack at France and, and looked very threatening. So I think when we went into that week, we knew what a challenge some of their players um, possess and the things that we were looking at. So to come away with the zero, yeah, we're very pleased with. Um, you know, that was one of the aims going in there was to improve our defence and make sure we controlled um, more of the aspects of the game than we did against Scotland. And we didn't defend very well in the first half. So um, it was a big work on. Um you know, unfortunately, I think for Italy, they probably got the hardest um, Six Nations list of fixtures you could probably imagine. So, you know, I think they were very um, beat up and a bit battered by the end of the, the game. But hopefully they've had, you know, a good week training because I think they're going to do great still in this tournament. They might have started it um, a bit tricky, but, you know, with the players they've got and some of the, the stuff they were still doing out there, they're, they're a great team. And I, I wish them luck for the rest of the tournament and hope they um, do do well. But yeah, the, the zero was pleasing, but like I said, you've got so much to work on. And now Wales, I think, you know, awesome start to their campaign. Um, and I'm going unbeaten into the, this game. We're, we're both unbeaten. So someone's going to lose that this weekend. Yeah, I mean, you've got no bones about being party poopers bursting in the Welsh bubble at, <laughs> at all. Because they are, they, they are riding high. We had uh, Fiona Lewis on on earlier. I mean, she's got, she's got lambs and all sorts being named after her, such as the... Uh, the intensity and, and the interest in, in the women's game. Have you got any, any any animals named after you? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, there's always a dog. There's always dogs out there called Poppy. Whenever I'm at the park, someone's always calling their dog. And it's always has to be Poppy. So um, I'm not sure if it's going to be after me. If anyone wants to name their dog after me, I'll be very um, honoured, though. There you are. You've heard it here first. There we thought, thought we were going to talk about some intense Six Nations action and what have you. No, we're talking about naming dogs and farm animals. Of course, that's the moves Robbie Pod. That's how we roll. Um, look, you know, Wales, you know, don't need to talk about contracts and da-da-da, whether they're kicking in quite yet physically, but certainly mentally, it certainly seems to, that that's the case for, for them. Um, where, where do you see their biggest threats, Poppy? Uh, for Wales, I think regardless of their contracts or not, they're just so passionate um, whenever they're out there playing against the English. It's always a mighty battle, um, you know, huge games of physicality that they bring in their, their forwards. And, you know, they're led very well by Shiwan and they've just got that heart and desire. And sometimes when you go into a rugby, get, um, rugby match, 
that that can you know um, win or lose you a game. The fact that, you know that you're playing with that um, that badge on your chest and and really getting into it. So you know they've got frets up front, like I just mentioned with their forwards, and then you've obviously got Jazz Joyce and I think Kaylee Powell's doing a great job at the moment um, for fullback for them. So um, yeah, their back three can be electric, and we just got to make sure that when they get the ball, we shut them down as quick as we can. Sean and Harris starting at eight this week. Uh, how much of a, a th- I know you, you're you're in the in in the row, um, but uh, no doubt you will get in amongst um, you know, some defensive work against her. How much is she gonna gonna bring to the party? And have you focused on her a little bit this week? So we just seen the the team obviously came out today for us. So um, not really, you know, we didn't know what the team was going to be. Um, she's done such a great job for them off the bench, giving them. Um, tempo and increasing that intensity in the last you know 20 30 minutes of the game and you weren't sure if she was going to get that role again because um she's done that so well and then or if she'd earned that eight shirt because she did go so well so it's an interesting one the the back row they've picked and she's going to be a threat whatever um shirt she had on her back and yeah it's definitely one we're gonna have to look at this weekend and make sure um we deal with her correctly and the best way we can because at the end of the day, she's a world-class operator in the eight shirt and um, she's going to be a threat around the park. How much of a difference is the role? Because I'm not going to ask you where, where, where you prefer to play uh, because I think I've asked you before and you said, I don't care just as long as I'm on the park. Uh, and I don't want some uh, let's please Emily Lyles kind of answer back at me. Um, <laughs> but where, where do you prefer to be to be playing, Poppy? I mean, the, the embarrassment, Berf and I were going through it earlier, the embarrassment of riches in a back row, let alone a back five, and a lot of you can, can play in both positions, it is, is, is utterly embarrassing. Um, good to get on the part, but how much of a difference do you have in, in, in your role and in your strength as a player, playing from, from four slash five rather than eight? Yeah, so I was thinking about that actually today because I think three positional changes in three games, and I was thinking about how my role changes in... Um, when I do make those changes, because I think I got it a bit wrong in training this week and just reflecting on that and how when I when I do get these um, role changes, it, it does change what I have to do on the pitch. Um, I think conversely over, as I've got older, I've changed my answer. So if you were to ask me now what position I preferred, I think I'm going to have to say eight. Um, I just think the attributes that I bring to the to the game is most suited to the eight role. Um, I don't think I'd do badly when I go into the into the second row or at six but I just feel that's where you get the best out of me so um obviously I've got the second role job this weekend and I'm going to go out there and, and give it my best and hope you perform really well and to to the uh, ability that I know I can do so um yeah it's an interesting one I just think over as over time and I've realized myself and got to know myself as a player and what what helps me and what doesn't I think the the eight shirt's probably where I think I go best at and you get a nice close-up personal um View of Donna as well in the scrums as well. Your, uh, your, <laughs> your club here, Saracens. You've been looking up at uh, at Donna Rose in the in the Welsh front row. So so that'd be nice. Just 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 a couple more. I mean, I, I don't think, and you alluded to it earlier on. I, I, I don't think England are playing anywhere near where they can. How awesome is it to play with with such an exceptional group? of individuals and it's about timing isn't it and it's about luck and what have you but but in virtually every single position now you're talking definitely two if not three very very good players if not world-class players that the red hoses have how how awesome is that do you do you have to pinch yourself at times when you get back to your hotel room like you are now yeah absolutely um to be in this generation of rugby players it's 
it's a, it's an honour and it's awesome to be able to get to play with um, all the girls we do week in, week out. And it come from the 2017 World Cup where I think the coaches sat down and just said, we need more strength and depth. You know, rugby's an attritional sport. You just don't know what's going to be happening um, and what's going to happen to your squad after the next game. I think it was like crazy, like... Um, the coaches said out of, a, out of their playing squad of 36, they only have 75% available. That, like, that's the most they've ever had. So there's always going to be injuries and people unavailable. So, um, you know, since 2017, that's four or five years, they've had to work on this strength and depth. And I think it's it's not just, you know, a couple of months of work. It's, it's years and years to get this strength and depth and how the fact that every time the team comes out and we open up the WhatsApp, you cannot call it. You can try and pretend, but if the mugs game, you will never be able to call the team sheet that mids comes out of the weekend. It's it's so competitive. Um, and he said, you know, he just said this week, like this team is one of the hardest he ever has to pick. Uh, the competition is so high. You, you know, this is the best team in the world. You you have to be on it at every session and one bad session and your name could be out of that team. Yeah. Wow, it sounds like incredibly exciting, but uh, pressured environment. But that's that's being number one, isn't it? Um, Poppy, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. Really, really appreciate your time. Who's who's your roomie who slipped in in the background very very quietly? I admit. <laughs> you noticed? Yeah, yeah, I heard the door. I I've oh, been to a few hello. hotel rooms. They're gonna say hello. Who is that? I crawled in. Oh, of course. <laughs> there they are. Sister sledges. There they are. Hardly uh, Friday. <laughs> For quite a big girl, she was actually quite quiet when she rolled in. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just a tiny tiny latch of the door that I that I heard. But um, no, it's great great to see you in such good form, and I really appreciate you you coming on, and all the very very best for the weekend and for the rest of the Six Nations. Thank you very much. Cheers, Poppy. You take care. Cheers, Bryony. Uh, but Poppy, it, it's great to have her on. She was, speaks brilliantly. I, I think she's a becoming a, a fantastic role model for, for women's rugby and, and, and the Red Roses. But she kind of epitomises for me England in the in the opening two two rounds. She's playing really well but not finally polished and, and not e- e- exceptional. And I think that's probably safe to say for the for the whole team. Would you would you go along with that? Yeah, and I, I think very much England know that they've got so much more to give. There's some elements of their game that have been absolutely brilliant and outstanding and you can't fault it. Um, and let every coach, every player always strives to that 80-minute performance and wants a perfect performance, never gets that perfect one, but you can try and get as close to it. And we definitely haven't seen that yet from England. And But you got to kind of expect that because of the amount of rotation that Simon Middleton yep. wants to do. Yep. Um, you know, we're all looking ahead to that France game and wanting to see what team he puts out for a first instance, but then also how they manage that 80 minutes and will that be a perfect performance or as near as? Probably not, but but still, that's that's what you've got to expect because of the... I mean, last weekend, what was it? 11 changes to the starting lineup. Like That's going to bring in some challenges for... For everybody, um, but England are aware of that. And I think the, the great thing about the Red Roses is no matter how good they are, no matter how well they're beating players, they're not satisfied. Um, and that's the marking of, you know, what a great team that they are and continue to become. And, and I've and I, been, been around, as you, you are too, around the, the personalities and the squad itself. It's a really, really good culture w- within those players. You know, the likes of our very own Sunter, Emily Scarrett coming back, and Mo Hunt brings up, you know, like Poppy Clear. There's, there's a really, really good culture, and it's just, 
everyone wants to get better and better and better because everybody wants to be in that starting 15. Everyone wants to be able to play to New Zealand, whether that's 30-player squad or 36-player squad. That's what, that's what they're fighting for now. And uh, use another series player, Sarah McKenna. You think, do you know what? Yeah, there's so much talent out wide. Kill Dunn, Dow, Jess Briggs, Cowell, all the rest of it. Sarah McKenna comes in and just puts in a brilliant Sarah McKenna performance. You go, oh, she's in the mix then as well. You know, and it's, jeez, yeah. the headaches are extraordinary for Simon Middleton and, and Scott Beeman and, and Lewis Deacon. What did impress you particularly about the uh, the Italy win then? Um, I think kind of like generally you've seen that their set piece was good against Scotland. That's continued even with some of the changes. I think, you know, someone like a Shauna Brown really needed to lay a marker in that yeah. area and like, we know what Shauna can do around the park, but from autumn, she had a very strong directive to go and work on your set piece. And, you know, the first scrum that they do, they earn a penalty. So, you know, for, for players like that to step up and, and perform, and like you say, Sarah McKenna, she's been out for four months with this horrible injury, steps back in completely out of position and absolutely, like she brings a completely different dynamic being a winger. Um, to you, you talk about the Jess breaches, the cows, the the Thompsons, like Lydia Thompson. Oh. You did mention her, did I? Sorry, with her hat trick. So yeah, yeah, she should probably um, be in the mix. Yeah, but like McKenna's kind of, she's really clever at coming off, like going looking for work. She can read what defenders do. She's a ball player, so she has that element to her. And I thought she played really well. She's always busy looking for work. And again, like you know, probably before this game, you're thinking. Is she going to get back in the mix? Is she going to be pushing for a place? And then suddenly a performance like that, scores two tries, you know, definitely puts her hand back up. And I think we'll see her play, you know, hopefully see her play a bit of fullback this weekend as well to see what she can do there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, again, that, that, that impetus off the bench, just because the, the, the squad is so strong. I mean, you know, 74 nearly 11 tries, and we, we, you know, we haven't been wonderfully positive. But, but, but I think that's. Yeah, England are, are driving the, the way in terms of professionalism and they expect a huge high standard of themselves. Um, I thought it was great to see Lydia Thompson coming back in and she's an app and she's just an arch finisher, isn't she? She's just, I mean, her, her, yeah, I mean, her scoring record speaks for itself. We, we spoke about that earlier. But the impact off the bench, you know, I know people were scoring tries uh, for fun at uh, times, but uh, yeah, Alex Matthews came. Uh, scored a try, didn't she? Uh, Sarah Byrne coming off the bench, just handing off people and, and, and pace. Um, Vicky Fleetwood, I think, again, one of those players like Shauna Brown had to, had to put down a bit of a marker. She got on the yeah. score sheet. Of course, Emily Scarrett, many congratulations, 50th international try for Dame Scarrett. Um, Emma Singh coming off the bench as well. I, the, other, the only other person I wanted to pick up on was, um, was Rosie Gallagher. Uh, again, another one of those players, been out a while. I think she's been, yeah, We've got fanfare performances, haven't we, from from, from Marley Packer in round one um, and, you know, Lydia Thompson with a hat-trick uh, at the weekend. But but I think Rosie Gallagher, that scrum, as you say, has been excellent. The line-out's been excellent. But her work around the park, I've been hugely, hugely impressed that she's come out with a real bag. Yeah, and, and it's all on merit. She's performed so well in the Allianz Premier 15s. And like you said, she's had that torrid time, you know, a couple of years, a really disruptive time, you know, um, having meningitis and having a serious um, injury she then moved clubs and right at the early set she was like I really want to push for an opportunity she she's aware of kind of where she could be within that pecking order with a Zoe Allcroft back she thought if, you know if there's injuries there could be an opportunity for me 
And instead of just kind of going, oh, I'm here now, she's really like pushed on. I thought she was outstanding against Scotland. The stats that she brought up for, for only playing 61 minutes as well was really remarkable. I think it was like 17 tackles, four ball carries. So, you know, for somebody to put that much effort in and, and start reaping the rewards, I'm really, really pleased for her. And she's only 23. She's only 23, which is like a great thing for England to have an extra step of depth in that in that position area. Um, they massively rely just on Abby Ward a hell of a lot. So, you know, they need to make sure that they're developing that area. And I think Rosie's like really stepped up to the mark so quickly and, and so well. Did she call the line out at Quinn's? Yeah, she has done. Yeah. So she can't do that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, again, you know, Zoe Allcroft and there, Hannah Mer- Harriet Miller-Mills, we haven't even seen yet, can, can play in there. We know, uh, so just slotted in there. We know that uh, probably Cleo's slotted in there. You talk about Abby Ward. Kath O'Donnell's not even fit at the moment. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's an embarrassment of riches, isn't it? For, for Italy then, just barely got out of second gear. Yeah, I don't think we, we saw any, we saw one good moment um, when they won I think one of their only scrums, um, their set piece that they won, lovely little line break from Agoni. But other than that, you just didn't see anything that we've seen previous years or even last week against France. They didn't really make a dent in their ball carries or their collisions, which just made it really easy for England to defend. And, and England were really good defensively. Um, and, and, yeah, I think they just really struggled. Game management, you know, overplaying in certain areas when you've got an entourage of England defenders coming at you time and time again, you've just got to get out of some danger zones. Um, and it, it was disappointing because I think, and, I, and knowing, um, speaking to Jada, you know, they know that they didn't perform and normally they cause England problems. Yeah. Normally they're a team that are quite disruptive for England. Um, but you don't know whether with some of the selection, like Felan on the bench and Baratine on the bench, that maybe those couple of elements did have an impact um, so yeah, it was a shame that we didn't see, you know, what Italy can produce against England. I, I just, it, just, I, I agree with you. I, I wonder whether, yes, yeah, France, France away, England home. That's a hell of a tough start to a Six Nations, and yeah, I think most pragmatic people would say those those aren't games expected to win. They've now got three games, and this is kind of almost where their tournament starts. And I, and I and I hope that's the kind of that's where they come out this weekend with with real injection against Ireland. That is that's certainly a very very winnable game. Uh, and I just wonder where their, their, their tournament starts now. Ireland, yes, as you say, a little bit stuttery from then. Uh, let's go to the France game next. Then uh, forty points to five over Ireland. Another good win for France. Again, not as polished. Sansu's pulling the strings, um, sliding herself into that bracket of, of player of the tournament already, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she is. Um, yeah, not not finely polished, but again, that's a reasonably strong performance against Ireland, which, again, not seeing what we want to see from Ireland, weren't particularly competitive at all. Um and, you know, I think France will look back and realise that there was a lot of opportunities that they didn't quite get right out there. But at the same time, I think it's their physicality that just is what's setting them apart at the moment, which is, again, I know I keep referencing it, but what kind of makes it pretty exciting for that last game of how physical England are to see how physical France can be against England. Um, 
But yeah, look, I think France are on their way. They again also had a few players coming into the fold, a few players coming out. So naturally, you've got a few players still missing. Um, but I think I think they're more settled. That you know, they obviously they're not going through all this rotation like England are. So they're quite they're getting settled within their team. Um, but I, yeah, it's just it's so disappointing from Ireland. I think that first try that gets disallowed does that make a difference? Could that change? how the game feels potentially. Um, but, you know, it just it just doesn't seem like things are quite working at the moment. No, and, uh, you, know, you can give them a lot of grace, can't you? Because it's it's it, it, a kind of a, a, new, it's a new era. That's probably too dramatic. But yeah, it's, it's a fresh start, isn't it? It's a fresh chapter. New coach, um, some senior players moved along, Tony Lapu, Lindsay Pete, these kind of players. Um, so I, I think you, you give them some grace in terms of performance of that. But it, it, it was... You always want to see heart, heart and fight and desire. And at times, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm sure a huge amount of effort was uh, was was there. Um, I wonder if they can get get back up for the for the fight this weekend. We will see. Wales Scotland 24-19. Oh, Scotland, Scotland started with a bang. Skeldon 50 cap. Whoop whoop. Roller Lloyd. They look great. Um, and then, yeah, just after the first half, it's all Wales. The comeback queens. Yeah, that's what they're being labelled as. But, I mean, that will be such a hard watch for Scotland to watch that game back and know that they let that slip and let that go. Um, it is really, really disappointing. Um it's like one of those games where you feel you've got all control and then all of a sudden you've got to realise all of a second half time's a complete reset. You've got to then restart. And, you know, luckily for Wales, again, you know, obviously that was the same story last weekend as well. You know, they've come out and found a new gear and, and it's almost like it takes them at the moment, it's taken them half a game to work things out, recognise what they need to do and then go and implement it. They can't afford to do that this weekend against England because then it'll be a really hard slog, which I, I think it will be anyway. But, you know, for me, there's so, so many players in that Scotland team that have the ability to take hold of a game. And I just feel like Rachel Malcolm probably needed a bit more support during that game to go, right, this is getting away from us. How do we switch this momentum? What do we need to do? How do we need to stop Wales? Because they just had this kind of, barrage of constant coming at you and just Scotland could never catch their breath um so yeah I'm just, I'm gutted for Scotland but um but fair play to Wales you know to they're definitely showing that fight about them um and, and you know for a lot of people saying around kind of the contracts and stuff like it that is making a difference the last 20 minutes 30 minutes of a game it's making a big difference that's where the amateur sides really struggle a, because they don't have as much strength and depth that's coming off the bench, but also that fatigue and that fitness level is also dropping off. So, you know, when you think it, when you're saying, oh, we're not going to see much of a difference in, in three months, we won't see loads, but we're definitely in these first two rounds, we've seen the difference of, of England, um, Wales, sorry, being having professional and semi-professional contracts that is having an impact on their results. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, the, the the physical gain will, will obviously continue throughout this year. The biggest thing for me, we, we talk about it all the time, don't we? Uh, you're like uh, about the mental side. 
somebody's believing in them, somebody's backing them, and you know, when the chips are down, to know it's not just the 15 on the park, the 23 in the stadium, but you know, your union is backing you, uh, That you go to darker places more readily, don't you? Yeah, 100%. You know, when when someone's backing you up and supporting you and they're doing everything they can at the moment, like then, yeah, you find, you find something to want to give back because you, you want to give back to something that's given to you. It's, you know, that's a natural human instinct. And, you know, when you've got 15 of those on a pitch all at one time, that amounts to a lot. So, yeah, I think we've always said that Wales have got plenty of passion and they will fight to the death, you know, before this era of contracts and everything. But there's so much of that without the backing and now they've got the back in. There's a responsibility, but there's also, there's that kind of will to want to give back as well. So yeah, I think you're definitely going to get a next level, like just emotionally, not just necessarily physically as well. Yeah, the, the impact from the bench, you know, Shannon Harris knows why she hasn't been involved uh, for, for for some time, but... Uh, she has to start for me this weekend. And, and Karis Phillips, you know, just cementing things up front. Um, yeah, so there's some, he, that, that 23 is now becoming better and better and better. Um, yeah, we'll be a bit be a stern test this weekend. We'll talk about those that, that game in a in a moment. Um, we did talk, we're just talking about emotions there. And I, I just wanted to, uh, you, you mentioned Rachel Malcolm earlier. If you haven't seen it, do look up her post-match interview because if you want to know about leadership um, of rugby and of human beings and how to represent yourself and your country um, immaculately um, Dr Rachel Malcolm does that in the interview what an outstanding human being she is uh, Scotland are incredibly lucky to to have her um, so there's my little bit of love pushed out to the doc um, there we go then Berth that's wrapped up round two let's have a look at some of the news in the last seven days <laughs> Hello, you lovely people. I'm Shauna Brown, and you're listening to Women's Rugby Pod. England under 20 took on France at Henley Hawks at the weekend, narrowly losing 27-32. There's good names in there for England. And again, that pathway working well, isn't it? Amy Turner involved with the senior set-up in the under-20s. Like to Rosie Dobson. These are all, if you watch the Premier 15s, these are all names you'll know. Alana Bainbridge, uh, the DMP. Uh, player Grace Compton, England Sevens, Georgina Tasker, Flo Robinson, Kelsey Clifford. Um, so, yes, yeah, some, some experience being gained at international level for those, but that does make the series 3 0 to France in the end. And the Super W results are in Jura beat New South Wales 29 to 10, Brumbies beat Western Force 27 19, and the Reds beat the Rebels 55 to five. So what that means on the table, or as they call it, the ladder, Fijiana Jura lead the way from, from four from four and a maximum of 20 points. New South Wales in behind with three wins, same as the Reds. Force at the bottom, yet to get off to the mark. This week, Western Force versus Rebels has been postponed. Reds travel to New South Wales, whilst Jura host the Brumbies. In Spain... Libertadora League. It was semi-final time. Maradona beat Cesaneros 29-24. While Cotiver Cocos thrashed CR Olimpico 40 points to 16. So the final this weekend in Cesaros. I hope I've said that correct. Cotiver Cocos. There's a lot of season there. 
take on Mahalora. That was well said, Johnny. And Munster Branch have redrawn the motion to recognise women's AIL clubs and players as seniors from its AGM this week. Now, it's the only province not to bestow senior status to all women's AIL clubs. Extraordinary decision. Uh, Archaic at very, very best. Uh, On to some brighter news. You're going to play Loughborough Lightning at Franklin's Gardens on the 14th of May. Announced this week, Uh, obviously, the trial that... uh, Loughborough Lightning had down at uh, their sort of sister partner club. I went so well. You're you're going to take them on there in a regular season game. Allianz Cup news: the postponed Saracens v Exeter Chiefs game was abandoned and will not be arranged. The other results: Bristol Bears beat DMP fifty three to ten. Loughborough Lightning took on Worcester but losing thirty four twenty seven, and Wasp beat Gloucester Hartbury thirty five twenty two. Semi finals. Schedule has been released and it's Harlequins versus Worcester and Exeter versus Bristol. Saracens versus Gloucester in a fifth and sixth playoff, whilst Wasp beat Sale in a seventh and eighth playoff and Loughborough versus DMP for a ninth, tenth playoff. Yes, good uh, good experience for some of the sort of fringe players, isn't it? Uh, speaking of premiership, we've got to get your thoughts. Jared Mullen, uh, your coach, moving to the academy Back over to to the men's side, just to give you an opportunity for your your thoughts. Yeah, I think, you know, really, like, sad to see him go. Um, You know, the players, he's a really, really good coach. Um, But also, he he just genuinely cares about players. And he's made a a massive impact over the last couple of seasons with us. Um, And obviously, he's not leaving completely. He's just kind of stepping across the, the other line of the pitch. Um, but yeah, look, he, he's been so good for the last two seasons with us and we've still got the rest of the season to go. But, you know, it, it's disappointing to see such a, a great coach leave the programme or, or step across to another programme within the club. Um, but he's already said, you know, I'm just around the corner, so more than happy to still work with some players and individually and, and step in. And, you know, he's he's massively helped drive the game and and internally, but also externally, um He's mega excited about where the club's going on on its journey. Um, so yeah, we 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 wish him all the best, but at the same time, you know, we are disappointed to see him go because because he is a great coach, and you don't get many coaches that are really good. Um, you know, that really kind of kick off from the start. I think you know when he came in, you know, not many people knew who Gerard were, and and he made an impact literally the first session everybody realised, you know, it doesn't matter that we've not heard of you or we don't know you, you really know your stuff and, and we got massive buy-in to him. So, yeah, really disappointed seeing leave, but um, wish him all the best um, when he goes off at the end of the season. From an outside point of view, he's going to be there for a year um, and in that next year he's announcing he's moving on. You're reigning champions and, you know, we'll, we'll be pushing for those honours very strongly again at the end of this year. What you want to stick around that kind of winning environment. From outside, it's a strange decision he's moving on. Yeah, I think, you know, everybody has their own reasonings, but I think Gerald really wants to really focus on his coaching and doing more of it more regularly, which that allows him more opportunity to do um, with the academy. That doesn't just stop at the academy. I think there'll be a lot of outreach work. There'll also be crossover that he'll can do more coaching in the men's setup as well. So I think it gives him the best opportunity to continue to grow and develop himself. 
Um, and like I said, he will still be around. So he'll still be helping to influence what, what we're doing as well. But at the same time, it, it makes it a really exciting opportunity for, for a new coach, coaching setup to, to begin and then to be, you know, you know, something that's kind of cemented for, for years to come. You know, Gerard was was kind of always going to be a part of the club long term and it didn't kind of know where that was going to, that journey was going to take him. But, you know, massively appreciate who he is and, and the amount that he's, you know, supporting me with personally. But, you know, he's one of the one of the coaches that is you're more than just a rugby player to him. He actually cares about you as an individual. And I think that's why, you know, he brings out the best in a lot of his players. Yeah, very clear. You and he have a, a, a good, strong relationship. More tracksuit time for Burford. Who knows? Perhaps he's dusting that CV off and sliding it into the powers that be at Quinton. Anyway, that's for another day. Navy v the RAF women's game kicks off at 12 noon at Vallis Way, home of Ealing Crown Finders. Tickets through the Navy Rugby Union website. And also the game is being streamed on the Forces TV and Facebook links. The last bit of news, under-18s, Six Nations Festival, and isn't this brilliant to see, starts this weekend. The squads travel up to Edinburgh to compete between the 9th and 13th of April in various formats of matches. I'm Jane Conkle, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. So then, Berth, let's get into round three. Napkins, knives and forks are ready. Um, let's start, shall we? It's probably... Can't start anywhere else, but England-Wales, always top of building these two meet, isn't it? And luckily, the winning try scorer from last week, Fionn Lewis, the Welsh scrum half, is going to talk to us not only about farmyard animals being named after her, winning tries, uh, but also the game against the Red Roses at King's Home this weekend. Here's Fionn Lewis. It is a very, very warm welcome to Fionn Lewis. How are you, Fionn? Are you, uh, are you well? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. It looks like you're, it's shiny at the Vale there. It is. Sun is shining. Blue skies are out. But sunny day in Wales. <laughs> Always, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fionn, you're, you're sort of uh, taking a break from, from training just to, to jump, on, jump, jump on with us, and we hugely appreciate that. Um, what's the mood in camp? Um, mood is good. Mood is really good. Obviously, on the back so. of yeah, on the back of two great um, bonus point wins. Um, obviously, the great success we've had with contracts and stuff like that. It's just on the up at the minute. Everyone's yeah, really excited. Obviously, Six Nations is a really great tournament. So yeah, so far so good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is, is there coming into the tournament? Because we, we, we talk about, you, know, you spoke there about the contracts and what have you, and, and I've been been blabbering on as I, as I do the last couple of weeks about the the, the, the mental impact that that has. At the moment, you, you, you're probably going to see a, a, a slight physical difference, and I think we're probably seeing that in the last quarter. Um, but actually, it's that, that mental difference of, of being backed and, and knowing that the WRU uh, are in it together and you're all seeing off the same hymn sheet. When you came into camp, Six Nations, was there an extra skip in the step? Could you notice it? Yeah, 100%. Like, even the point of, like, recovery, like, getting more time. Like, I was a teacher before um, I got off the contract. So, you know, training late and then um, waking up early to go into work and having, you know, a really long day. Like, I'd leave for, for work at 7, and then if I was going straight to training from work, I wouldn't get in until half past 10, 11 o'clock some night. So even on that aspect where you're just mentally drained, um, but you do it because 
you know, I never know any different and I love the game. Um, so even from that aspect, coming in, having that time to recover, having time to really be the best rugby player, even just like getting time to look analysis, you know, spend more time on mobility, which you don't have enough time to do when you're obviously working full time as well. So yeah, loads of aspects like that. But yeah, to have the back and support of the WRU, I think so far shown that investment really is kind of the way forward. And, you know, I think we are really showing that um, through our performances so far. So hopefully, you know, it's here to stay. Yeah, 100%. So you, you swapped barking at children to barking at a, at a bunch of forwards all day long. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, yeah. Guess, uh, knowing some of your squad members, I think I'd probably go with the children. But, um... You're telling me sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's, let's, go, let's go back to, to last weekend. Arms Park, which is a bit of your spiritual home as, as well as women. Just first of all, the atmosphere, the build-up, the crowd, all the rest of it. Just how, how how brilliant was that, and were you able to to absorb it? Oh, it was absolutely insane. Um, you know, record-selling crowd. Even when you're singing the anthem for me, like singing the anthem is like one of the fam- like favorite parts for me. Like, and hearing everybody else with the choir. Um, when we turned up on the team bus, uh, the there was a, a girls a kind of tournament in the Principality Stadium beforehand and they'd all stood outside waiting for us to arrive and we had um, the choir there as well. So when we came off the bus, everyone was cheering, choir was singing, that's something we'd never had before. And honestly, a few of the girls, like we all felt quite emotional um, and that really got us kind of, kind of even more fired up by coming in to be like, this is the welcome we were getting. It was incredible. Um, and even just the crowd through the game, like cheering us on and you could hear them they were roaring it was absolutely amazing so that does have a massive impact um on us and you know like we want to give back as you know from the support we're getting from them we want to give back to them so yeah it's really grateful that everyone came out and support us yeah i think it's a it's an incredibly unique thing about women's rugby that connection direct 100%. connection with a crowd um that yeah certainly men's rugby does rugby does, does not have that and uh so that emotion took a little while to to, to kick in um, first half against Scotland under the pump they came out really really well uh, Lana Skeldon on a 50 cup try couple from Rona Lloyd let's go to, to half time what was the atmosphere like was it was it cool was it calm what messages who was speaking um, we have um, you know like a, a thing in place where we say we have attack and defence leads and we have leaders in place who give key messages um, you know we said beforehand on the reflection of Ireland, we wanted to make sure we came out hard. We didn't want to come out slow. And unfortunately, we didn't take on that message with the first half. It was something we needed to reflect on. And we knew Scotland were going to come down hurting. And we, you know, couldn't write them off. They're a hard-working side. And, you know, they're a very tight-knit group. And, you know, they really brought it to us. Um, our penalty count was too high. Um, and it's something that, you know, we had that chat at half-time saying that, you know, if we aren't going to be disciplined enough going to the second half, you know, Scotland going to take us away from us. So it was about being clinical and being disciplined and really reflecting about how much we really wanted it. You know, the hard work we put in over the last few weeks maybe didn't completely show in that first half and we knew we were better than that. So it's just, I think, coming out half, like after half time, I think, you know, came all guns blazing then. Yeah, absolutely. The the, the comeback queens, I think, have uh, <laughs> been... Uh... Been called on social media uh, across. So you're sat on the bench um, for a little while, watching it sort of unfold. Wales are coming back into the game. Are you one of those players? It's a tight situation. Um, 
you're at home, obviously desperate to, to win. You're just eager to, to, to get on or you're a little bit uh, and trepidatious to, to think, oh, geez, um, can't make, make mistakes in a, in a tight game like this. Um, I think it's whatever's best for the team. Um, you know, I trust the coaches, coaches and their decisions. If at that time they didn't feel like putting me on was the right decision, then I'd respect that. But, they, you know, they made the decision to put me on. So going on at that point, I think it's just focusing on doing my job and doing my job well. Um, you know, make sure I'm doing the basics and really kind of leading the team in that front um, in a pinnacle position. So, yeah, and, you know, credit to the result we did have and credit to the girls, you know, fighting out right to the end. Um, I think that demonstrates now where we are as a team. Like, maybe a year or two ago, you know, in that last 20 minutes, their games we used to lose. But now, on the you know, these last two games, we're winning those 20 minutes. So I think it shows how much we've progressed over these last um, few weeks now coming into this campaign. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that first part of the answer was textbook. Liz Jones would be very, very happy. Very <laughs> straight back. Media handbook, page 74 for that one. Um, <laughs> just do my job, trust the coaches. No, you're actually jumping to get on and you made it, it made the impact. Scored, scored, that, scored that try. What's what's going through your, your mind as, uh, as you receive that ball? What, uh, I mean, was it now 80 metres out, wasn't it? Run fast was what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> i got to give credit to Alicia. She's an incredible ball player. Like, oh. I've had so much credit for the try, but I'm like, she did all the work. She came up to me after the game and be like, have you got anything to say to me? And I was like, thank you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was thinking, run. And then everyone was saying to me at the end, like, afterwards, why didn't you run under the post? And I was like, in my eye line, I could see a navy brown haired Scottish person. I thought it was Rona Lloyd. And I was like, she is fast. So I was like, I can't risk getting caught right now. So I, like, arced off. Um, I don't think you could have seen it on TV. And I was like, I wasn't being stupid. I was just going to get caught by Rona Lloyd. Um, but no, at the end, Jazz Joyce came up to me after the try. She was like, your legs are going. I was like, yeah, that was really far. How do you do this all the time? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm good over five or six metres, but like 15, 20, 25. That's, that's no, your thanks. job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I seem to hit treacle after a while. No, look, it was a, it was, it was a great finish and a, and a brilliant way to, to finish the game. Um, and as you say, as you say, I, I'd even sort of suggest even six months ago, you're not finishing games like that off. Um, and it has made a, a, an incredible impact. Let's let's move. No, no, no let's talk about celebrations. Were they muted? What do you mean by muted? Were they were they were they doused down because you're in the middle of the campaign and why have you got England this weekend? Da, 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 or did you go? Do you know what we we deserve to to celebrate this and and we'll, we'll go um, and have Cardiff red? No, yeah, muted for sure. I mean, we we celebrate in the change rooms from the regards like we we have this traditional song that we sing and dance to at the end. Um, but other than that, it's pretty PG in our camp. Um, we don't want to get complacent, like. It's two games. We've still got, you know, however many to go. So um, we can't get complacent and get way ahead of ourselves. We still need to make sure we're working hard until the very end. Um, so, yeah, very PG celebration in camp. What's the song? Um, oh, Rolling on a River. I don't know, I, I don't, I don't know how it goes. Like, How's it go? Rolling, <laughs> rolling, rolling on a river. And then it builds up and then it drops and then we all go absolutely mental. <laughs> Of course, I get. No, that's a much. terrible song. I hope you don't put that in. <laughs> oh, oh, that, that's. Oh, that, I mean, that's front and center. That's going out the social media <laughs> clip. That is. Um, no, that's that's great. I do very much know the song. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it goes slow, you know, and you've got to build everything to it. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I, I, yeah. Um, 
Brilliant. Um, let, let's let's move forward to this weekend then. Um, probably no bigger uh, challenge. Probably France away might be uh, might be up there, but um, England on the doorstep at Gloucester. A huge crowd. We're talking thirty, fourteen thousand um, in at King's home. Um, just how much are you, are you looking forward to that? Yeah, insane. Like England, Wales. That's, games like that is what you you play for as an international athlete. You know, it's the biggest game of the Six Nations. You know that that's that's a big one. Um, the sellout for the tickets is absolutely incredible. I've played at King's Home uh, with my club for Worcester. It's an incredible ground. To think that's going to be sold out and there's going to be you know each section of the stands filled is incredible. Um, it just shows the support women's women's rugby at the minute. It just shows how much it's growing and. I think it's incredible and we're so grateful as players we've got such awesome back in. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a big test now. Is, 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 it, is it the one? Is, is that when the Six Nations fixes are announced, do you, do you flick your finger through and say, well, where's England? Where, you know, where have we got England? Of course, and Welsh. You know, you've got to look at that England game and think that's that's a big one. Regardless of whether it's home or away, England is a, is a big challenge. And, you know, they are an incredible outlet. You know, best in the world for a reason. Um, but regardless of you know what they've achieved and what they've accomplished, doesn't change how you know we view it as as Welsh um, internationals, and we want to take to them. Yeah, absolutely. Just a couple more, conscious of your time. What do you have to get right? I mean, they just dispatched Italy, who you know are sort of getting getting better at a really good autumn by eleven shy seventy four nil, and probably left you know um, a fair amount of points out there as well. well what do you have to get right for um, on come Saturday we need to be disciplined uh, I think that's the foremost most important thing um, you know if we have a high penalty count like we did in Scotland England are going to capitalise against that they're smart rugby players a very experienced side um, they are going to take advantage of that so we need to be disciplined from, from minute one to minute 80 and that's a no, non-negotiable um, and to be honest we just need to play to our strengths like we know they're going to be ruin us like we are to them but we need to stick to our structure and play what's worked well for us of these last two games but yeah discipline is the main focus for us for sure absolutely um Mo Hunt's on the bench for them, so maybe we'll be sort of coming on that kind of time. Lucy Pakistan the game, I believe. Um also yeah. in between the Infante. Um you rate so those three? So yeah, they got Zoe Harrison at ten, you know, Helen Rowan at twelve, Scars at thirteen. So they got some threats in the back line. They got fast pace back backs, but I mean, to flip it back, you know, to our squad, so do we. Like our back three are quick. We've got kicking threats from twelve, twelve, thirteen, and our pack, you know, a strength in it, are so strong and experienced. So I mean, I think we're well matched in that sense. But like, if we want to be, you know, competing against the best teams in the world, we need to um, play against the best teams in the world and. I think this is going to be a great game to show where we're at, um, show to where we were previously. So, yeah, it's going to be an exciting test for sure. Yeah, great measuring stick. Just, just finally, um, about this calf. <laughs> Where is it? I love it. <laughs> we've, we've, if people weren't listening and don't know anything about it, you're not a farming family, are you? No, not at all. But there is a farmer in Wales who has named a calf after you. Yeah, a ba- well, it's actually a baby. It's actually a lamb. It's a, it's a baby lamb, is lamb. It? Yeah, it's a baby lamb. It's a black lamb. Um, I actually had a message on Instagram, but I didn't see it until after the game um, because I didn't find out until I got interviewed at post-match about the, about the lamb. 
Um, yeah, and he said that he was coming to watch the game on his home stag, which I thought was awesome that he was coming to our game on his stag too. And um, yeah, they got, they've been lambing and he's naming them with a the letter F and he wanted to name after a Welsh player. So he named her after me. And he said, I can go and see her whenever I want. So I was like, that's brilliant. I have to go down and meet her. Lovely. You I mean, Easter, Easter's coming up. Have you got some? No, we, we shouldn't go there, should we? That's um, too far. That's way too far. <laughs> are, 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 you, are you happier that it's a lamb or not a calf, which I think is doing the rounds? Yeah. Slightly, slightly better being named, a lamb being named. I know, I think, like, <laughs> I don't know which, probably would be the calf would be worse, but maybe calves are really cute, so maybe that would have been a compliment. <laughs> no, I think it's, um, I, yeah, we, we, we're laughing and joking about it, but, but the, the fact that it's a, Burly or not, but you know, have that sort of outdoory type um, ethos, don't they? They're, they're farmers. He's coming to your game, naming after your squad, and he's coming to your game on his stag do. I know. S- says it all, doesn't it, about 100%. where women's rugby is at the moment? 100%. It just shows the great place we're in. But like, this is only down to the people just wanting to invest time into us. And like, again, performances like Ireland and Scotland, it's kind of like a give back. I know I said at the beginning, but you know, it's so rewarding to be able to give that back. Like the crowd's reaction in, after Scotland, like it's it just hopefully makes them want to come and watch us even more. And the response we've had from social media has been incredible. So yeah, like I say, to have someone name a lamb after me just shows I think how far we've gone forward. If that's a good comparison from where we were before. <laughs> Freedom of the city? No, no, I just want farm animals named after. Thanks very much. I've made it. I've made it in life. <laughs> done. I'm done. Dusty. <laughs> Fiona, look, thank you so, so much. Congratulations on a, on a stunning, stunning start. I, I think, you know, Jenny, as a, as a general rugby fan, absolutely delighted for you and, and knowing quite a few of you personally. I'm really, really, yeah, really, really pleased for you. Uh, and all the very, very best uh, at King's Home against England on Saturday. Thank you very much. Thank you for your support. I'm Jess Breach and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. What an effervescent character. Typical scrum half, Berth. Um, I love that. What was going through your mind when you broke through for the try? Just run quickly. Um, <laughs> brilliant stuff uh, from from Fionn. Um, England-Wales, Gloucester, 30,000, 40,000. Fingers crossed we get up to that kind of level. Um, simple enough to say you can only see the result going one way. There, there, yeah. I think it's probably fair to say the result going one way, but how do you see the, the both both teams performing? Yeah, I think it, we're still going to see an England win this weekend, and I still think England are, are going to do significant damage. But do I, do I think it's going to be the same results in past times where you know big numbers are being racked up? I'd really like to hope not. I mean. You know, such a big group of that player players who play for Wales. They're playing week in, week out for Bristol Bears in an Allianz Premier 15s team against a lot of these players and also with some of these players. So they know them very well. So they definitely can cause some um, disruption. You know, he's had the same team the last few weeks. Is he going to keep the same or is he going to have some rotation? That will obviously play a part into how the fixture goes. But look, I think Wales are really competitive They've got a lot of physicality around them. Their set piece is decent. So they've got lots of good elements and they've got players like Alicia Butchers who can last ditch, pull her team back into things. You know, they've got so much talent across the board. 
Do I think we'll see a, a competitive game? Yes. But do I think England will run away with the results still? Unfortunately, I do. I just think, you know, that time that England have had together, their bench to come off as well to impact, you know, they're just so much further along at the moment that I, I don't think there's going to be um, a story that's different to what everybody probably expects it to be this weekend. I mean, he has made a, a couple of changes, isn't he, young Cunningham? Uh, in particular, we're recording sort of throughout Thursday, such as the, the WRP process. Um, Robin Wilkins at uh, at ten rather than Ellie Snowsill. Uh, I thought in the last couple of rounds, wonderful footballer at uh, Ellie Snowsill is and great hands and what have you actually kicking from hand has has, has been poor and actually that that length of of kick from hand has, has put Wales under quite a lot of pressure at times when um, yeah they certainly haven't needed that kind of pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about how how good England are defensively. And if you play in the wrong areas, they're a team that can get the ball back very quickly, whether that's through an error of your own or, you know, you've got three big poachers of the ball, Marley Packer, Alex Matthews, Sarah Hunter. Yeah, I mean, all of them are good poachers over the ball. You've got to be able to play in the right areas and take yourself out of that pressure zone. And, you know, Robin Wilkins obviously steps in, has an opportunity to to really kind of take some of that pressure off her team at moments in the game. Um, but yeah, it is an interesting change up, isn't it? How he's he's rotated a couple of players to see what they can bring and what difference they can bring. And but then that also brings off some experience and some depth from from the bench as well. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, and no, I agree. Obviously, uh, Fiona Lewis. Our oh, lady uh, on the pod uh, starting at nine as well, so let's change at half backs. Um, Cecilia Tupolotu gets a chance in the second row. Natalia Jordan dropping to the bench. Donna Rose gets a start, um, and that back row battle, uh, it's, as you say, for the Red Roses, it's Matthews, Packer, Hunter. Um, we'll go up against uh, Lily Crap. Sean Lily Crap's moved to six. Alicia Butcher's at seven. Alex Callender's moved to the bench. I think she's she's been exceptional along, alongside Butchers. Seanad Harris starts at eight. I mean, what th- those 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 trios against each other is, is worth the admission alone. Oh, 100 percent. I think you've got such individual talent there. Um, obviously, England's a well-oiled regular outing for for that back row. Obviously, Alex Matthews been away a bit more with, with sevens, but. I think it's a really smart move moving Alicia Butchers to seven, just gets her in the open that little bit earlier. The way that England can move the ball, her hounding down Zoe Harrison and Helena, putting them under pressure. Um, and Shona Harris, like, she fully deserves to get a start. To come off the bench twice and make such an impact that she has, you've got to give her an opportunity. And if this is a game where he's looking at some opportunities for players, then this had to be it. And yeah, I'm really excited to see how she can start. At, and I want to be able to see her maintain that level. And we've seen her do it at Worcester. Let's see her do it in a red shirt. Um, but yeah, she's such a, a force. And I'm, she's so dynamic as a player. Um, so it's going to be a really good battle watching, watching her pick off the base and have to deal with Marty Packer and Sarah Hunter coming across and vice versa. What did you make of Simon Middleton's selection? Yeah, I think, again, we knew that there was going to be rotation within the side. Um, some some have stayed in the same position and, and some players have, have an, another opportunity this week who 
you know, may have had some minutes off the bench last week. Um, you know, like likes of Shauna Brown, I think she's earned her place to stay in the squad. Um, Vic Cornbra, I think she was outstanding. And I really do think she's gone under the radar of, of how much she gets through in a game and the work that she does. She She's phenomenal. And I feel so blessed that we have her at Harlequins. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, it really strong front row. Ahead of the back, world. Yeah, 100%, without yes. question. Like, And not just her ability, but her intelligence as well. Like she's she reads the game so well and she leads so well as well. Um, I think, again to accommodate getting Matthews in the back row, moving Poppy to, to second row. I think we, we've mentioned before how good Galligan's been so far, but that just gives a different dynamic. You think about how heavy they want this pack to be later down the line. Are they looking at potential combinations that they could see coming up against France? Um, yeah, I mean, but then you've still got some players that have been left out that, that could have made the team as well, like a Sarah Beckett, you know, unfortunately, she's she's not been in this. She's not in the mix this week again. But yeah, I mean, it's it's quite frightening the amount of depth that England have. And and yeah, I think good to see Lucy Packer get a first start. Agreed. This was the only game that she was he was going to give her the nod to to put her hand up. Um, tough on Leanne to sit another game out. Um, but how do you how do you make a player of the match NPR? That's quite tough with with Natasha Mohunt. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think combination in the centre is probably Helena's probably just n- nudging ahead at the moment in the 12 spot. Skaz goes straight in. I'm excited to see Abby Dowd fall back. Um, yeah, we've, we've talked about her last week. She's just in a different sphere at the moment. And yeah, I think I think she's going to be just, again, another wrecking ball in that back line. And yeah, I can't not mention her, Jess Breach back. You know, she's had a really tough time back to back with injuries. And I think I think I saw today that she actually said it's been a year since she put the Red Rose shirt on. Um, and she would have obviously been involved in those autumn internationals and had a really freak bad injury and then re-injured again. And so I'm really excited to see her go. And she's really matured, like as a player, as a person um, in and around the training camp at Harlequin. So I'm really excited because she really deserves her shot and her opportunity. She's been training so well at Quinn's and, and just slipped straight back into the England fold again. So probably one to, to watch out for from a normal position anyway, but just from a knowing what she's been through, I, I'm expecting her to, to be really busy at the weekend and go looking for work and, and get her hands on the ball really quickly. We say we give full analysis. I mean, that is fine tooth comb, microscope out. Um, love it all, Berth. Um, I think I said uh, Vicky Comber is the best tight head in the world. That's clearly not correct. She's a loose head and she's the best loose head in the world. Um, quite low. What happened there? Um, but, but yeah, p- p- no, no, people do pick up on these details, I, I can assure you. Um, a message about it. Yeah, don't like or retweet, but do pick up on the. Uh, yeah, on, I bet you didn't even listen to anything I said. In your head, you're just thinking, "Oh my god, she's a loose head. She's a loose head. She's a loose head." Loose head. No, no. You, I, you, you mentioned lots and lots of bits and pieces. What I was going to say was the, the, the weight of the pack and what have you. You, you mentioned Sarah Beckett, who, who would be certainly challenging in the first spot in the twenty-three. We're not mentioning the World Player of the Year currently at the moment. So we all cross, not even. In this twenty-three, yeah. she would be fighting. Amy Kikane would have something to say about this. Oh as well. my god, yeah. But Hannah Bottomman, yeah. Hannah Bottomman, but you look at that side, and if that went out in the World Cup final, you you wouldn't be too upset, would you? 
I mean, it, it's... It, yeah, no, you it's, wouldn't, but now you've mentioned it, like, I would 100% have Amy Cocaine in there and I'd have Zoe Alcott in there, so... Where'd you go? Don't ask me who I'm moving out. I mean, yeah. Can we have a 17-player side, please? 18-player <laughs> side. But, yeah, no, I, like you, um, want, yeah, I want to see that, that, that combination um, of, of that back row. Um, and, yeah... Abby Dale, I know we know she she said a couple of games there for Wasps, doesn't she? In the fifteen shirt rather than a winger shirt, just gives her a little bit of space. And we talked about Wales's kicking game earlier on. I wonder, you know, again just to see her at fifteen. Ellie Kildun, of course, is there. We know Sarah McKenna can play there, but she stays on the wing, uh, which I think is an interesting uh, selection as well. But Abby Dale coming strike runner from fifteen, um, as we know, fullbacks have the most attacking opportunities in in, in the game, and you. You chuck out one hat-trick hero, Lydia Thompson, um, arch finisher for another one. Uh, I mean, Jess Breach, it only seems like yesterday we were at, uh, at Twickenham for the big game and she was raining tries in, doing what she does best. So, yeah, no, great great to see her back. And uh, she won't have liked other people scoring tries, will she? She'll, she'll want to get her, <laughs> her record back up. But, yeah, hugely, hugely, hugely interesting game. Um for me, that, that, that first 20, Wales has spoken about coming out strong. Fionn spoke about it, didn't she, just a little bit earlier on. Um, but um, yeah, that first 20 minutes, key, key for Wales to stay in the fight for that first 20 and, 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 see, and see where they go. England, we suspect, will be too strong. But uh, it'll be a fabulous occasion. Let's move on then to Scotland and a visit of France. I guess Scotland, you're going to fall one way or the other, aren't you, this week? Devastated about the result against Wales, a game you certainly could have won, or you go, right, that is it, this week, bang. Uh, and of course, we, we know all about Rachel Malcolm, she'll be in the latter of that camp. But yeah, when it when push, push comes to shove, that's probably the, the question, isn't it? Whether, they, whether they've got the fight to, to take on a, a mighty French side. Yeah, and I think we spoke about this kind of pre-Six Nations around where they are as a squad. And you think of the toll that they've been under in the last 12 months of qualification and getting moved and then going through the European qualifier, then going to Dubai. Like, it's such a lot. And these players aren't professional, so they're still working, studying it, you know, playing club rugby. You know, emotionally, that's tiring and that's draining. And, And I think we are seeing an impact of that all of that together coming into the games. Um, but the, being the side that they are, especially being under the leadership of Rachel Malcolm, they they will take on France with every single inch. Like they talked about how they felt that their defence was pretty good against Wales. You know, they got a lot of things, um, improved a lot of things from the week before against England. They got really narrow, really struggled to, to kind of deal with England's threats yeah. in the middle, but also on the edge. And they felt that, you know, they got a lot of things right against Wales. Three line breaks from Wales equals three tries. So they, I think they know they got a lot right in D, but they, there's still some areas to work on. But for me, it's probably about their attack. You know, they never really, you know, disrupted England too much. They had the ball for a lot of phases. That one try that they did was excellent, but... I think that's where they're going to need to find a different level in order to challenge France and challenge French's defence. Because if you go too one-dimensional and don't have a a multiple threat around you, which they can have, you know, the likes of Jay Conkle sitting off people's shoulders and, and, you know, Rona Lloyd come looking for the work, you know, that's going to cause France issues. If they just go with kind of playing quite flat and being quite predictable, then France is going to have an absolute field day. 
But being at home, yeah, they've got two big games behind them now. Obviously, they had loads of disruption last week against Wales as well. You yeah. wonder if Chloe Rowley's fit. You wonder if Hannah Smith is fit. You know, if these players are involved, does that make a difference to the result? It could do. But I think we're, we'll see them go, those guys back in the fold this week, hopefully, with little le- less disruption. They put last week to bed now. They've moved on. They've had a, a couple of sessions today, I believe. And, and now they're, they're back into fully focusing on the weekend. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I thought all coming out at 13 uh, did a reasonable job. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. In terms of selection, I think they, they have to go for it. And um, we're looking at that time together, aren't we? we you say three line breaks for, for Wales, three tries. that intrinsical link between players that you only get um, when you have time together. And it, yeah, it's an obvious thing. And Wales are beginning to get that. We, we've spoken about plenty. And as you say, Scotland not there. Certainly, if they've got any chance of getting a W this weekend, they've got to be more accurate. They certainly build up players. It's, it's fabulous. 10 visits to 22 against England. Um just don't come away with the tries. And, you know, that driving wall, which you know, they, they can rely on, gets a very heavy French pack. No no side announced at the moment, obviously Thursday afternoon uh, for both these Sunday games. Um, but, yeah, that they will they will find that difficult. What do, what do you want to see from France to, to make what we expect round five and the spectacle that everyone's hoping? What do you want to see from France this weekend? Um, probably just a little bit more polished, I think their set piece has been good. Certain individuals have been good, but I still don't think we've seen the best from some players. I think Sansus has had some really brilliant moments, but has she had kind of a complete game to her standards? Not quite yet, but even so, she's still knocking on the door to be potential player of the tournament after two rounds. Um, Duran, again, another another player that I think we're not seeing her in her full potential at the moment. And and also they've had again they've had a bit of rotation, so we've not seen kind of that full lineup of what they're looking to to really do. You know maybe they're doing the same sort of um, strategic plan as England, but just not saying it out loud. Um, but yeah, look, I want to see them move the ball. They're they're at their best when they're offloading. They're playing flat of the line, a bit like how their men's went in this Six Nations. Um, yeah, I'd love to see more of that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. Go on then. Who's going to win? France. France are going to win. Who's going to win? England, Wales. We didn't ask you earlier. England. Controversial. Uh, <laughs> and the third game, Ireland, Italy. Ireland back back at home. It's, it's a tough one to call, is it? You've just, I'm not quite sure what that noise was, but you've just made a, a strange noise. It's <laughs> from my mouth. Right. Excellent. Um, <laughs> just to clarify, listeners. Um, but yeah, oh, where you know, where's this going to go? Who's who's going to turn up on it? We never ever mean on this pod uh, turn up in terms of, of effort and passion and wanting to do it for the jersey and the country. That that's a given for 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 all these female players. We know that. But who's going to turn up in terms of getting the nuts and bolts of their game right? Oh, uh, it's such a hard one to call. Like I literally don't know what what way this is going. I feel like Ireland need a win. They really do. Um, And if they can disrupt Italy's set piece, I mean, they'll be watching that England game and looking at what England did. You know, 
Italy had no ball to play with, no front football, no attacking ball from their set piece. If Ireland can do that, then Ireland have got such good players within their side to, to like, they look good in attack at times. Ireland can, they, yeah. they, the ball retention is really good. You know, you've got some individual players like Eve Higgins, who's having a great tournament so far. Yeah. Um, Amy Lee Murphy, like, so Stacey Flood, you've got all these players that can really make damage. And obviously in, in the pack as well, you've, you've got new players there, but have just, it's like they're, they're not new and that they're, they're 20, 30 caps in because the way that they're playing. Gang, the way that those two are, are going through the middle of teams with, with offloads. It, 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 yeah, at times, fits and starts has been exceptional. Yeah, and I, and I think if they can stifle Italy and not give Italy any momentum, then I think Ireland, Ireland can beat them. I do, I do think that. And and you, you saw Italy play against France where there were so many good moments but couldn't finish anything off. And then you saw absolutely no shots fired by them because England just suffocated everything. That they couldn't get into any game, and so if if Ireland can do that to them next this weekend, then they're definitely in for a shot to to beat them. And I really feel like Ireland need a win; they really, really do. Yeah, I I, I just I think we go back go back to that point. Uh, it's a point we didn't didn't make actually when we spoke about England was that we just be happy with just as happy with a zero as as happy as they were with the seventy four on the other side of the scoreboard. Um, but they they totally suffocated Italy. Um, I just think for now, for Italy, their tournament starts now, and I and I think they juggled selection last week, but for them, the, the tournament starts now. So, uh, yeah, I don't know whether Jada might be fit. She was talking about was it the beginning of the tournament where she might be involved this weekend or not? Not quite sure. I think she she'd make a big difference. Rigoni back at twelve for me was was the right decision against England last week. Um, yeah, it's a really really tough one to to call. Where are you going to go then, Berth? I'm going to go Ireland. I'm going mm-hmm. Italy. Don't tell Jada. No. No. Okay. Don't want to get in her bad books. She's uh, she's in Italy, and I'm here, so I'm safe for now. <laughs> anyway. Um, only other thing we just wanted to say, and it's a comment that somebody made on, on, on through through social media. We're a global podcast, and we we try and reflect. Everything around the world, you know, a lot of our listeners are, are English-based. We always try to get on nations we, we think are appropriate. You know, the, the previous shows before the Six Nations, five out of the six. We just can't find a, a French player to come on. Uh, message plenty, I can assure you, to, to can't try and come on. Um, I had Jada Frank on uh, as well. And we, we, uh, we're we at the, uh, the hands of unions uh, and press officers and that kind of thing as well. And it's that, that's not always the... Let me say this politically correctly. It's not easy, the easiest of processes uh, dealing with these people. So, look, we, we, we do do try. If you want anyone on the pod, let us know. Who would you like to have on the pod? Uh, and some reflection. Um, anyway, that was just a little side note on the nations. Well, that, that's about it then, Berth. You're going, uh, let me remember, um, England, France, Italy. Mm-mm. Ireland. Ireland. Apologies, that's what I meant. Uh, and I shall go England, France, mm. Italy. Sorry, Doc. Anyway, let's just finish up then, uh, Rachel Burford, with a few shout outs. Aggie Sosha, the French prop. Many, many congratulations on the birth of your daughter, Nina. 
Lana. And Lana Skeldon, congratulations on your 50th cap. You had an outstanding performance. I think you even scored as well, so huge congratulations to that. And of course, we can't not mention this, Emily Scarrett of her 50th international try. Comes on the pitch, one touch, one try. I think that's all she did in the game. Yeah, literally first touch. But it was, it, it was a beauty there, wasn't it? It's a, there's, there's a great angle, and I have to say, fair play uh, to the BBC, putting cameras at the right angles. And there's a great angle from behind Zoe House, and she just stood in the yeah, it's fun. I've got really telly then, haven't I? Uh, but yeah, no, a great <laughs> shot. Fair play to, to Dave Scott and, and Alice Kennedy. Again, we talk about Vicky Combra, a workhorse, hardly the performance, hardly ever dips. Nana Scandal for, for me is, is, is very much in a similar vein. Uh, speaking of people who work hard, uh, Fiona Stockley, or Stockers, as many would know her, has hung up her boot, her pen, her clipboard, her phone, <laughs> all the rest of it. Um, you name it, for all the roles that she's had at, at Wasps uh, as an official at the club. Once a Wasp, always a Wasp, of course. Um, but the word legend is over you. She's the lady basically behind the, uh, the female barbarians. Um, she's a superhuman being and has given a huge, huge amount to the club. Uh, proper L-E-G-E-N-D. Um, big, big shout out to you, Stockers. Yeah, I'll just echo that. Like, You don't get many individuals that are so devoted for the cl- to a club for that length amount of time and to do as many roles as she has done as that club um, so I know she'll be sorely missed and I know they had a good old um, send off for her last weekend which looked pretty comical with I think they were wearing wigs the same as her hair and had t-shirts made up and that probably just highlights you know the effort that they wanted to go in to make sure she gets a good send off yeah it says it all doesn't it but yeah she would have enjoyed that she doesn't not, not a big <laughs> not a person for a big night out stockers <laughs> on, on that uh, really upbeat note uh, thank you to Phil Lewis thank you to probably Cleo thank you uh, to Blue Bell and Tom behind the scenes thank you for listening subscribe rate all that jazz as well we this weekend Berth you covering the game Yes, yeah, so I'm going to be at the England Wales game so mega excited to feel what the shed crowd is like um, with a record crowd, it looks like for an England um, six, six Nations women's game. Yeah, absolutely. Should be brilliant. We'll enjoy that and we'll see you next week. Until then. Bye.